common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And everybody is talking about the comments from President Joe Biden just a little bit ago. Basically, there he is in Lithuania, in NATO, and the first thing he basically talks about is climate change, not really the war in Ukraine, and says that climate change is the greatest threat to humanity. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this and so much more is the great former White House Press Secretary, Ari Fleischer. Ari, great to have you here. Did you see President Biden's speech and what was your reaction? Uh, I'm I'm hearing all about them and it makes me think that Joe Biden is the greatest threat to humanity. Uh, and he is there for a NATO summit, a military alliance where one one nation in Europe, Ukraine, is under vicious attack by Russia, and he's there to talk about wind farms and sun sun solar power. I think something's missing. Yeah, what did you make of, of the whole trip so far, Ari? I was watching you on Fox News, and you were also talking just a little bit. This whole trip, he seems like off his step. Um, and I guess it's a continued off his step. But, you know, he was talking to the British soldier and King Charles is like, uh, can we keep going? And then um, and then also he missed the dinner last night. A lot of people are making hay of that. This was the big dinner with the world leaders. He comes to Vilnius, Lithuania, and all these key players, of course, at a very pivotal time already in the world with everything with Ukraine and Russia. And then he misses the dinner. Again, and this is not the first time, and everybody's thinking, is he too tired to make key dinners? And, you know, as I recall, that is a small dinner. That is not a dinner with lots of staff and other hangers-on. It's a time for those leaders of NATO to really get to know each other better and talk about things in an informal manner. I think it's inexcusable that he wasn't there. These are not social meetings. These are not social dinners. It's work. And he didn't show up for work. And the only reason I can surmise is he was just too tired. His staff said that he wasn't going to go because he had a big speech the next day. Well, he has big speeches every day. He's the president. And I think this is proof perfect of what happens when you have an 80-year-old in office and a man who's got the infirmities that Joe Biden apparently increasingly is suffering from. Ari, it's Tony Carbonetti. How does he get through a campaign like this? I mean, you know this. You've been there, okay? When when a president is on a campaign trail and he they they pick a stop or a state, 50 requests come in. He's got to come visit my dairy farm. He's got to come visit we make jackets or tires or whatever. I've been a supporter forever. There's 50 that come in. And you sit there and you try to weed out, you know, six or seven. And usually the principal comes in and says, I can do 11 stops in one day. You've been there. You know what it's like. <laughs> this guy's not doing 11 stops in a day. How about a week? Your, your question was, how can he how can he do it? He can do it if the mainstream media looks the other way, as they did when he ran a campaign mm-hmm. from his basement in 2000. And I think that's his intention here. His intention is to run the same way he ran in 2000, which is he'll do as little as possible, not get criticized by the mainstream media. And that keeps all the focus on, he hopes, Donald Trump. He, his calculation is people won't vote for him, but they will vote against Trump. And that's why he wants to just take up as small a spot as possible, keep the focus on Trump. But I'm just, from a governing point of view, I'm very worried about a president who's showing signs of age, showing signs of wear and tear. 
you, you see it every time he walks anywhere, whether it's to Marine One or across a stage, his walk is frail. And missing a major <laughs> meeting like this, he really should be getting banged by the mainstream media. Well, but, of course, they're looking the other way. All right, it's Richard Weinberg. And how about the responsibility of the Democratic Party to foster force this person on the American people with all the crises this country is facing? Judge, I think that's a great point. You know, the problem the Democrats are going to have is they have no insurance policy. If something happens to Joe Biden, if he has a health issue, if he takes one more fall, if people really conclude, not just Republicans, but many of the independents and the Democrats who will be more important to this calculation, that he is not really strong enough to last another four years as a, as a sharp president. Uh, what are uh, they going to do if there's no alternative, if there's no insurance well, policy, well, a brokered open convention? I read John Katzpatidis, and I've said to a lot of my Democratic friends have said to me, that's why they're supporting uh, Robert F. Kennedy. It's, yes. if, if they have if, – if the United States of America is destined to have a Democratic president, if, then they'd rather have a Robert Kennedy than Joe Biden. You know, John, what fascinates me about that scenario is think about the last time you had an incumbent president who thought every, everybody thought was going to run for re-election and then didn't in a huge surprise – it was Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1968, mm-hmm. and of course, who temporarily, of course, until he was assassinated, emerged as the leader, Robert F. Kennedy. So, are we in for some sort of you never, later, you never know. years later? And there was another scenario that you don't know about yet. You see, I give you news. No. Now, I understand that uh, uh, Senator Manchin is going to uh, yeah. New Hampshire with no labels on uh, Monday. Monday. And yep. you never know what happens. And the comment somebody else made was, if I had a choice of Joe Biden, Robert F. Kennedy, or Joe Manchin, you never know, but it's certainly not uh, Joe Biden. I think that's all very good points. We're, we're in such an era right now where people have so many qualms about Joe Biden, many people have qualms about Donald Trump, as unlikely as it is, because it hasn't happened before. Could this be the year that the gap in the middle is big enough for a third-party candidate to make it from no labels? Uh, and we're in for fascinating politics ahead. I don't think anything is for sure. Hey, Ari, this is Pete King, and you know, uh, you were a great press secretary. I don't want to be dwelling on you the media here, but can you imagine if uh, – Aren't if, I a great radio host? I mean, I didn't, you know, what about – I mean, can't we compliment everybody on it? <laughs> You're all great except for Tony. He's very good. Very. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right, go ahead, Pete. <laughs> now, if this were George Bush or Donald Trump or Richard Nixon, even, and all all that was out there with Hunter Biden and everything else, all of, all the entanglements, all the cash that's floating around, can you imagine your job as press secretary every day when you were up there? What the media would be doing? Oh my God! Every day was an away game for me in that briefing room. <laughs> e- e- even on the good days where things went well, I basically had their forty-nine seats. I had basically forty-nine hostile reporters playing the devil's advocate. Right, but you never had way. to defend something as bad as this. That's, that's the point I'm making. I mean, you were being attacked for whatever was going on in the that's world. Right. But this is and, clear and Joe stuff. Biden yeah. basically, can, Karine Jean-Pierre has a home game every time she briefs. Only Fox News asks tough questions. Although, do you want to hear the irony? I was just about to ask you this, Ari. It just came out um, that the White House basically is saying. Sanctioning and giving a warning to this African reporter uh, that his name is Simon uh, Atiba because he's one of the only ones in the press room who even asks like a hard question once in a while to Corinne Jean-Pierre because there seems to be this trend 
uh, that Biden seems to think like the press is tough on him. I don't know what world he's living in, Ari. I mean, you know, you've been in the press room. You've taken incoming from every different direction. And and Biden can't answer whether it's, you know, chocolate or vanilla ice cream. And, he, and the other day when a reporter was asking him a question, even about uh, Zelensky and Ukraine and NATO, he snapped at the reporter. It's like like that's a bona fide question. Like he doesn't seem to want to answer any questions to the press. No, that's right. And he, he, remember, right on the eve of the fall of Afghanistan, he's, it was July 4th weekend. He was asked about the progress the Taliban was making. And he said, come on, it's July 4th. Why are you asking me a question like that? Let's talk about happy things. I mean, he has a perverse view of what his job is, but mostly because the press let him get away with it in the 2000 campaign. And they've mostly been very easy on him. Simon, the reporter that you were asking about, is really he's very opinionated. He's playing the role that Jim Acosta at CNN played to acclaim and fame, but now they want to come down on Simon when he's just doing what Jim Acosta used to do. Yeah, and it's minor league compared to what I think uh, Trump dealt with with Acosta. Wow. Ari Fleischer, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you, Ari. And Tony is great. Yeah, no, not. Yeah, well, I don't know. We're not sure about that. <laughs> sure, sure care, still Ari. add on that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Ari. Thanks, everybody. Thank Bye, you. Ari.